You are listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast, episode 136. Does your child need therapy? This is Less Drama, More Mama, the podcast for moms who want to feel calm, in control, and confident about how to handle anything life throws their way. If you're ready to go from feeling frazzled and disrespected to feeling calm and connected, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Pam Howard. Hi, Mama. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I mean, there are so many podcasts out there and so much parenting advice. It kind of makes my head spin. So I really appreciate you spending your time with me every week. And if you've left a review of the show, I want to thank you. If you haven't left one yet and you're getting value from listening, please take a few minutes to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you listen on. It's really helpful for other moms to be able to find the show out of all the options out there. It only takes a few minutes, and since the podcast is free, this would be a way for you to give something back in exchange for the value you receive. So thank you ahead of time. I think today's topic is really important and timely, as we've seen a significant rise in the number of kids and teens struggling with things like social isolation, grief, anxiety, and depression over the past year. And I want you to know that my kids are no exception. This past year has been very challenging for them, especially for my 15-year-old. As a school counselor, and before that as a clinician in an adolescent day treatment center, I've had the privilege of guiding kids through all kinds of social and emotional milestones and obstacles, including their social interactions, emotion regulation, and self-concepts. While a big part of my job at school involves short-term and goal-focused individual counseling, I don't meet with kids for long-term therapy. Even at the day treatment center, my work was mainly group therapy and individual and family check-ins. And then I would collaborate with therapists outside the program. So whenever I recognize that a child can benefit from longer-term treatment outside of school, I work with families to determine the best options and provide them with resources. It's been my experience that some families are hesitant and sometimes flat-out opposed to the idea of therapy for their kids. Understandably, they don't want their child to be labeled as a problem kid or have a diagnosis. They don't want them to be ostracized by friends. They worry about bringing more attention to their child's issues and struggle to know whether the issues are developmentally appropriate or something more concerning. There have been several situations where parents held off on getting treatment for their child because they just weren't ready to acknowledge that their child needed that level of support. And I've also seen several situations where parents put their child in therapy when it's really the parents who need support. And I want to recommend that whether you decide to pursue therapy for your child or not, that you do pursue some kind of therapy or life coaching for yourself, always. I mean, to me, it's essential. It's like having a primary care provider for your mental health, especially when it comes to helping you get through the ups and downs of parenting. I have coaches, my coaches have coaches, and as long as you have a human brain, you'll want to be able to manage it and keep it running smoothly. I mean, we take better care of our cars and bring them in for tune-ups every 3,000 miles, but we don't maintain our own brains. Kind of crazy. 
Having someone to turn to who's objective and can help you develop skills to manage your own thoughts, feelings, and behavior when it comes to parenting will have a tremendous impact on you and your child. Oftentimes, there's a ripple effect on the entire family when just mom works on herself and her mental and emotional well-being. So if you're interested in coaching for yourself, please go to lessdramamoremama.com forward slash mini to request a free consultation with me and see if we're a good fit. In this episode, I want to go over some of the signs and symptoms to look for when determining whether your child might benefit from therapy, and then talk about different kinds of therapy and what to look for in a therapist. But first, I want to just reiterate something I talk about often, which is that as human beings, your kids will experience negative emotions about 50% of the time. And understanding that and teaching them not to be afraid of their feelings, teaching them to identify, allow, and talk about their feelings, and teaching them to be good problem solvers will set them up for a much better life experience. It won't prevent them from having negative emotions, but they'll be better equipped to deal with them. Go back and listen to episode 82, The Importance of Negative Emotions, to learn more about that topic. Also, if your child is experiencing emotional or behavioral problems, I think it's always a good idea to consult with your child's pediatrician to rule out any underlying medical conditions. Sleep apnea, for example, may be misdiagnosed as ADD or depression. Gather information from teachers, friends, and other caregivers to bring to the pediatrician to get the most accurate diagnosis and treatment recommendations. You can also seek support from your child's school counselor, who might be able to offer short-term support, suggestions, and referrals. So the first sign we want to look at is a major life change or loss. Children may need help coping with a major move, a parent's divorce or remarriage, or the death of a loved one. While we can expect there to be some disturbance in behavior or emotional distress in response to these types of situations, you may want to seek treatment when problems linger, or impact your child's daily functioning over a longer period of time. The second sign is a sudden change in behavior and mood. These include changes in your child's sleeping or eating habits, increased clingy, withdrawn, or isolated behavior, school refusal, lack of interest in things they used to enjoy, and a drop in grades. The third sign is extreme acting out behavior. Severe angry outbursts, frequent uncontrollable tantrums, extreme mood swings or crying episodes, frequent fighting, use of or preoccupation with weapons, expressing a desire to hurt others, and aggressive behavior, such as hitting, biting, or kicking others. This is one of those examples where you as the parent will definitely want to seek help as well, because it's important to deal with your own emotions about this behavior and learn skills and strategies to handle it. There's no therapist out there who will just magically fix your kid. Often the patterns of interaction and family dynamics contribute to the child's behavior, so it benefits everyone involved when parents get help too. Next, acts or threats of self-harm can obviously be signs of concern. These include suicidal preoccupations, drawings, writings, watching videos, and statements like, I want to die, the world would be better off without me. Suicidal attempts with clear lethal intent, burning, scratching, picking at skin, and cutting oneself. 
Sometimes kids say things like, I wish I were dead or I'm going to kill you because they've heard it on TV or they've heard someone else say it and they don't really understand what it means or know that it can be scary to hear. So if your child says this to you, especially if it's the first time you've heard them say anything like this, it's vital that you don't have a huge emotional reaction. I know that's easier said than done. You want to take their feelings seriously, but also avoid jumping to conclusions about what the words mean. You want to get curious and ask lots of questions. So you can ask, what do you mean when you say the world would be better off without you? Or are you really thinking of hurting yourself? Or are you just angry that you haven't been able to see your friends in a long time? It's very likely that they're just trying to express strong emotions. So rather than yell at them or try to shame them for speaking this way, you can say, I love you so much, and I would never want anything to happen to you. So let's talk about what's bothering you and how I can help. If you determine that your child actually does want to harm himself or herself, you definitely want to seek support from a mental health professional. Before we move on to talking about that, I just want to mention some other signs to watch out for. When your child has unexplained, frequent physical complaints, few meaningful social relationships, obsessive rituals, unexplained weight loss, or difficulty focusing or sitting still. So let's talk about finding the right therapist. The hardest part is often knowing where to begin your search. You can start with your insurance company's website to see whether it allows you to filter providers by location and specialty. You can ask for referrals from friends or look in local online forums for recommendations. Psychologytoday.com can locate therapists by zip code. It's important to be patient and persistent because finding the right therapist can take time. If you notice after about three sessions that your child and the therapist still haven't seemed to connect, consider finding someone else. No therapy is better than bad therapy. There are several different kinds of mental health providers which can sometimes be confusing. So I'm gonna go over the most common types and the differences among them. But don't worry about taking notes. I've put everything in a free downloadable resource guide that you can get in today's show notes. There's no email required, so you can just click the link and get it. How awesome is that? Okay, so first we have psychologists. Psychologists have earned a doctoral level degree in psychology, either a PhD or a PsyD. Students in PhD programs conduct academic research and complete dissertations, while those in PsyD programs get more hands-on clinical training. In addition to providing therapy, psychologists administer, score, and interpret psychological tests. These tests, like IQ and personality assessments, can help rule out and diagnose mental health illnesses and learning disabilities. Next, we have counselors. According to the American Mental Health Counselors Association, licensed mental health counselors combine traditional psychotherapy with a practical, problem-solving approach that creates a dynamic and efficient path for change and problem resolution. They offer a full range of services, including, but not limited to, assessment and diagnosis, treatment planning, solution-focused therapy, alcohol and substance abuse treatment, and crisis management. Next up we have licensed clinical social workers, which is what I am in addition to being a certified life coach. 
there's often a lot of overlap between the job descriptions of psychologists, counselors, and licensed clinical social workers, or LCSWs. All three can diagnose, assess, and make clinical evaluations, conduct research, and provide direct therapy in private practice. LCSWs often use a strength-based approach to therapy, which emphasizes a client's resourcefulness and resilience in the face of adversity. Social workers are also trained to take into account the societal and environmental factors impacting clients, in addition to their emotional and psychological well-being. Finally, we have psychiatrists. Psychiatrists are medical doctors and are the only mental health professionals who can prescribe medication. They may or may not be trained to provide therapy in addition to writing prescriptions. In other words, you may rarely actually see a psychiatrist after an initial consultation. Some people rely on combining an MD's medical treatment with another professional's talk-focused therapy. In addition to considering a therapist's academic credentials, you want to look for someone who has special training and experience working with kids. You might also want to find someone who specializes in treating your child's particular problem, inattention, anxiety, depression, etc., When interviewing a potential therapist, ask what kind of therapeutic approach they use. There are several different kinds of therapy, and many mental health professionals use a combination of approaches. I'm going to talk about five of the most common ones used with kids. Again, all of this is in the resource guide in today's show notes. Kids under the age of 12 often express themselves better through play activities than through verbal communication and might benefit from play therapy. During the sessions, it might look like they're just playing games, but play therapists are trained to look for clues about how the child communicates, solves problems, and interacts socially. Art therapy can be perfect for kids with limited vocabularies or who find it challenging or threatening to express themselves verbally in a clinical setting. Creating art in and of itself can be used as a coping strategy to relieve stress, and art therapists help kids interpret their art to discuss any underlying issues and reflect on the thoughts and feelings that the art represents. Behavioral therapy focuses on how certain unwanted behavior may be inadvertently reinforced. The goal of behavioral therapy is to increase the child's positive reinforcing behavior. Behavior modification plans are often utilized to help reward the child for desired behavior. Cognitive behavioral therapy, or CBT, is based on the idea that how you think determines how you feel and behave. Sound familiar? CBT helps kids identify irrational thought patterns and replace them with new, healthy alternatives. And finally, family therapy focuses on relationship patterns and communication styles among family members. The entire family is considered the client rather than one child being singled out as the identified patient. So there's a lot to consider when deciding whether your child needs therapy, but it doesn't need to overwhelm you. Remember that all of therapy has the same goal, to help your child feel and function better. There's no one right way to do that, so pick one and see how it goes. You can always choose something different later. I hope this episode was helpful. If you have any questions regarding this topic, you can email me at pam at lessdramamoremama.com and I'll answer them on this week's Facebook Live. If you want to remain anonymous, just let me know, and I'll do a little ask-me-anything sort of thing this week. 
Don't forget to download your free cheat sheet at lessdramamoremama.com forward slash 136. And I'll talk to you again soon. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and you're ready to feel calmer, more confident, and more at peace in your family and life, I invite you to sign up for a free consultation with me to learn about how my coaching can help you achieve the exact life you want. You'll take the concepts and tools I share in the podcast and apply them to your own life. And as your coach, I'll be there to support you every step of the way. Go to lessdramamoremama.com forward slash mini and sign up now.